Thanks for tuning in to the Met Church Podcast. Here at the Met, we're all about connecting people to God and one another. If you have any questions or want to get more information about what is going on here at the Met, then head over to our website, metchurch.com. We would love to stay connected with you throughout the week through social media. So please be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now please enjoy the message. everybody. I brought a special guest. This is my brother, John. Would you welcome John? <laughs> and uh, John's wife, uh, Janet, is here somewhere over here. Janet's with us, so would you welcome Janet as well? There, Janet. Yep. Uh, I asked John and Janet to be here this weekend to talk about what God is doing through their lives because their lives are absolutely a living example of this series, of how God takes all of the experiences of life, how he uses those experiences in a unique way to bring about ministry, and how oftentimes the way in which God takes us, he has to reroute us to get us there. And John and Janet have an amazing story, an incredible thing God is doing through their lives, and I wanted you to hear about it. Now, most of you guys know, if you're visiting with us, John and I are ministry kids. We grew up in a pastor's home. Yeah, oh boy, John put these together, by the way. Uh, we grew up in a pastor's home. Now, who, who, who do you think, which one do you think is older? Do you think I'm the oldest one? Would you raise your hands? You think I'm older than John? How many of you think John's older than me? Golly, you're in church, don't lie. Well, that's about 50-50, I'll take it. I'm actually older than my brother. We'll be places sometimes just there. Are you guys twins? And I'm like, well, no, about seven years there on him. I don't think we're twins. But anyway, but uh, we grew up in a ministry home. And one of the things that's unique about growing up in a ministry family is a lot of people will be in ministry because they were raised in a pastor's home. Oh, my gosh. And then some people, I just saw that. And then some, that wasn't at the last service, by the way. Uh, and then some people are not in ministry because they were raised in a pastor's home. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, what was unique about it was there was always, John, an expectation, and particularly uh, with my dad, that all of his kids would track and be in ministry, right? That was always an expectation. Our, our dad, by the way, uh, is uh, 84 years of age. And this weekend, we got some pretty rough news concerning his health. Uh, his kidneys are shutting down. They think he may just have a matter of, of days left with us. So this is kind of a, a, a little bit of a rough weekend on, on us as we're kind of preparing uh, for our dad's home going. But uh, he, he had a great run, a great ministry. Uh, over 200 people surrendered to ministry and are still serving either in pastorates or on mission fields as a direct result of his ministry. So he had that impact and that footprint and that, and that type of ministry. So it was just assumed, you know, that my little brother, John, would track right along like dad, uncle, brother-in-law, brother, right, uh, sister, everybody in ministry. But it was unique, John. You just kind of went, you decided, no, you're not doing that, right? Yeah, I don't want any part of that. <laughs> <laughs> growing, growing up in it, uh, growing up in the ministry, of course, in the, the later years and everything, it, I felt like... Everyone, we, we had uh, so many in our family that were, that were involved in ministry. I, I just didn't want any part of it. It, yeah. it was like he had a pastor at the house one night, um, and I think it was actually Jimmy Tharp, so I think it was a, mm -hmm. a friend, uh, anyway, a pastor friend from Shreveport was in, and several pastors around the table, and Daddy was having the conversation of, 
sitting back with his coffee, and he always did his finger on the top of his coffee, and he says, yeah, my daughter married a pastor. My oldest son, he's following in my footsteps, and he said, my youngest son, and this is about the time I'm walking through the living room, he said, well, John, what, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to be a cop. So he never stopped. He just said, no, seriously. You know? <laughs> what are you really going to do? Yeah, what are you really going to do? You know? yeah. yeah, but you were really, I mean, it wasn't that you were bitter. It's just that that wasn't right. your thing. It you just, just wasn't my thing. No, I, I and, and I think, you know, a lot of times. Not you, that there's anything wrong with it. Not that there's anything wrong with it, <laughs> yeah. But it was just a thing that I, I think with parents, sometimes we have an expectation that our kids are going to follow, you know, train them up in the way we think they should go, right, instead of the way they should go. And so, and my dad kind of pressured him a little. He had talked to me, go, you need to talk to your brother. He needs to be in ministry, right? You need to talk to him about that. And so I would try to talk to John about it. He goes, Bill, that's just not my thing. I'm just not, that's not what, how God's wired me up. That's not what I'm supposed to do. And so you did, you kind of, you did you know, law enforcement and tell them a little bit about your track. And then you, even you sold some cars. So tell them a little bit about how yeah, all that we, went. We uh, uh, did contract security, private investigation, uh, went through um, a period of car sales and you know, and, and the redirecting thing is true. When, you, when you're going through it and you make a career change, you feel like it's just because this door opened um, and you look at it as that opportunity. And so whenever you go through that, you don't realize that they're, they're the, the true destination of where you're headed. So we were, um, you know, the, in the car sales, for example. Had, had I not done car sales, I would not have met my wife. I sold Janet a car in 1994. <laughs> okay, so did, did you make her a good deal on the car? It, well... She'd have got a better deal if I'd have known that I would have been helping pay for it. <laughs> yeah, well, she, an uh, honest car sales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she took me out of the car sales business. Yeah. So. Um, but then we uh, got into insurance, and we were in Florida for nine years working, uh, you know, negotiating hospital rates and uh, the, uh, the rates that physicians got paid by the insurance company. And so we were... We, right. And, well, what brought you back to Texas? Well, the company was going through some changes, um, and we, at that point, we'd been out there for nine years, mm -hmm. and we had talked about moving back to Texas, and I said, well, if we move back, I want to move back before Caleb considers Florida home. And so we did. We, we came back um, uh, in, uh, well, 20, I think the end of 2009, 2010, yeah. about the time you had right. your heart thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what was interesting about the timing of all this, and you're going to see as we kind of pull this together, how God has taken these unique experiences and these unique things in his career to kind of prep him for where God was taking him. And, and by the way, I'll say again, God uses everything we've gone through in our life, everything, good, bad, happy, sad, everything in our life. He uses all of our past to prepare us for our future. And that's exactly what was happening to John. During this time, our dad, he'd kind of retired, but he's, you know, that old generation of, of, of pastors never really retire. So he launched out and he started this, this ministry that uh, kind of had some uh, former members of his that, that kind of gathered with him and they would do a, a Bible study thing. And then on the Wednesday night, they'd have a meal. They would eat together, kind of fellowship, smaller church, uh, renting a building over in Fort Worth. And it, the homeless people started showing up for that meal. And so they kind of opened their doors and they would feed these homeless people. And so it, the, this ministry of kind of feeding these, these hurting uh, homeless people was kind of a part of that DNA of that little church. So John and Janet, you guys kind of wanted to go see what dad was up to and you kind of looked yeah, into it, that. And in fact, you and I talked about it whenever I moved back about going and um, just uh, visiting over there to see, you yeah. know, kind of, kind of what was going on with him. The Wednesday night meals, whenever we chose to go, and so, and of course, they had uh, several homeless that had attended, 
that uh, are folks that were dealing with homelessness. And I've, I'd taken several pictures with them. And, uh, and when we got home, just, just to be honest, I got to blowing these pictures up because I was so amazed that somebody could survive on the street, um, you know, and just not being able to wrap my head around how they did it. Um, so we're blowing the pictures up. And in one of the pictures, uh, this one here on the top right, these are all kind of from that weekend. The top right was we, we looked at an individual walking on the heels of her shoes. And whenever we blew that up, I, I just realized she's walking on the shoes because they're too small for her feet. So I put that on Facebook and just mm -hmm. said, we'd like to get her some shoes. Well, we had a good turnout and a good number of shoes donated. So we went back the following Wednesday to distribute the shoes and help with the meal. And we've um, continued that to the point and reconnecting through Facebook, getting our, our my old high school buddies uh, involved with us, and uh, some of y'all may be here tonight, but on, uh, or to this morning, on uh, getting them involved with serving the meal. And so what was bothering me was if all we were doing was handing them a plate and walking away with whatever else we had out, we weren't really doing anything to address that root cause. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I, I just, and, and during this time, I'm running from anything, still running from anything had to do with ministry. And so I said, what do y'all think about forming a 501c3 uh, charity to do nothing but try to get these guys off the street and, and do whatever it takes to get them off the street? Mm -hmm. And so we did that. And, and that's, yeah, that's Tarrant County Hands of Hope. Right. And uh, so when John and Janet were talking to us about that, I said, well, John, that's, that's actually a ministry. You know that. <laughs> and I argued. <laughs> He's like, no, it's not. It's not a ministry. We are a charity. Yeah. And we're, I'm not a pastor. I'm an outreach right. you know, person. And I said, John, <laughs> that is a ministry. <laughs> no, that is a <laughs> and I'm saying, no, it's not. I had the same argument with, yeah. with our dad, with... Uh, Anyway, just this is absolutely, it's not a ministry. And I say, God, God used my stupidity. I'm not even going to say ignorance. It was stupidity because you know better. Um, the ignorance, you don't know better and you do it. Um, but I did know better. Anyway, and, but so during that time period to really forge some strong relationships with some organizations and individuals that I do not think we would have been able to partner with had I shown up as a, a, a minister walking through the door trying, right. you know, uh, I don't think we'd have been able to partner with them. Yeah. We're, uh, the, and we went through a time period there of partnering with, if, if they had a housing program, we wanted to be involved with it. If they were mm -hmm. um, shelters, we wanted to be involved with mm -hmm. them. And the turning point to that really came from three guys and a little female that were setting out. During this time period, we, we got to give, um, we didn't give out a lot of stuff. We, we were not, a lot on giving stuff out. But we, I asked one of the guys, I said, and talking to them, you realize the only difference is where they're at in their life than me. And I think that was one of the first most profound is, you know, the they is a real harmful word, you know, they. But dealing with folks that are going through homelessness, I think what really touched me is how much in common we had with them. And so I'm asking, and I asked one of the guys, I said, well, what can I bring you next week that you need? I know you need everything. What can I bring? And he told me if I had a roll of toilet paper, I wouldn't have to steal it. Hmm. So I thought, man, that's profound. So we came up with a list of, of items just to go in. We call it a hygiene kit. We just put it in a gallon baggie, and we've got some out in the lobby um, anyway as well. And uh, so 
started putting those together. And I pulled up to these three guys and this female without even getting out of the car. And I'm, I'm passing out hygiene kits, getting ready to back out. And I had one of the guys yell at me, hey, John, will you pray with us? I thought, man, this is awkward. And so <laughs> I stopped. And I thought, well, you go, you go into preacher's kid mode. Yeah. Now I lay sure, me down I'll to sleep. Yeah. yeah. So I, they came over to the car. Now I'm embarrassed. Me, I didn't even get out of the car. I, I'm sitting in the car. I got my hand up on the, the window sill. And, um, and I started just a quick, keep them fed, keep them protected, keep them safe type prayer. And as I'm doing that, the first individual just kind of puts his hand across mine, the second one on this arm, the third one up the side, with a little female that was there could not quite reach me. And so she just kind of pressed herself to the side of the car and leaned in and put her hand on the side of my face. And I got to tell you, I've not had the clouds parting, the audible voice, the, you know, the, I've not had that moment, um, but that was my moment. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, it, it just shattered me. I, I backed out. I pulled around to the next parking lot and stopped and had to regroup. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I'm just, I'm crying. Was, God, this is a ministry. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm headed. We moving back from Florida. We had, we're living in Justin. And so, and I am just flying back home. I, I'm so excited. Come through the doors. And I just can't wait to let Janet know this is a ministry. We're right in the middle of ministry. Bill was right, you know, that type of deal. <laughs> so I get in, <laughs> once. Yeah. So I get inside, I come through the door, and, I, and she's doing dishes, and I came through the door, and I was so excited. This is a ministry, right in the middle of ministry. I'm still emotional. She's looking up, she just said, well, duh. But it's already got it. Crazy how I mean that it was when he told it's it just a defining moment. It was that and what was awesome about it is he and Janet showed up. They showed up to serve. They had careers. They really wasn't looking to be rerouted, but they showed up to serve. They made themselves open and available, and God suddenly touched their hearts for people who needed a unique ministry that they could provide. And guys, I think that's how it happens. And they're passionate. You know why they're so passionate about what they're doing? It's personal. And we've talked about how nothing becomes passionate in your life till it gets personal. And these guys, I, I'm just blown away when they tell the stories of how God is using them uh, to touch lives and move people. How many guys, uh, John, did you say, have you had kind of signed up for housing now? Yeah, that's, um, if you take that moment, all, and we fast forward, we're to, um, back in 2010, we realized this is a ministry. We are the only local ministry that has um, the ability to be able to get them on the housing list through right. HUD. So um, this year, since doing the housing assessments, we're over, uh, Janet will shout out the correct number from wrong, but we're over probably 108 to 100, and, uh, anyway, we're less than 120, but somewhere around there, of individuals that we've been able to get on the housing list this year. That's so cool. So it's yeah, pretty yeah, amazing. That's great. So, and we're part of a, uh, and Tarrant, there to just to kind of put it in, in perspective, in a 12-month period between 2017 and 2018, the Homeless Coalition, uh, which we're, we're a member of as well, um, they do a point-in-time count. Some of y'all may have volunteered with that before where you go out uh, annually and do a, it, it's a census, a physical census where you're standing in front. Um, annually, individuals have accessed services last year over 6,700 times. 
On the night of that count, we were over 2,000 uh, that, that were actually counted that were in shelter in addition to the ones that are on the street. And then of the unsheltered, there were six, over 670 that are unsheltered, whether that's, in by HUD definitions, uh, sleeping basically in a place not meant for human habitation, whether that's a vehicle, the stars, uh, the street, mm -hmm. tent. Mm -hmm. um, that is the population that we've targeted. Those are the guys that we want to be able to help. Yeah, and I'm impressed. Tell them of that story, that young man, the, the woman who contacted you through the website, if I remember right, trying oh, yeah. to find her son that was a runaway and on drugs. And, and that's, that's actually more common, uh, uh, getting to be, a, sadly, a lot more common. We're getting those type of contacts and are actually going to add a missing person page on our website. But mm -hmm. we had a, a lady contact us from uh, out of state and telling us about her mm -hmm. son that had addiction issues, his friend, had, uh, anyway, without going into great detail, um, had overdosed, and he had, she believed was somewhere in our area. Um, and so I told her, I, you know, I had her email me a flyer, and we went and just went in search of I had a pretty good idea. If he's on the street in Fort Worth, we'll be able to find him. We've got mm -hmm. a pretty good network. Um, long story short, we were out, and I'd been showing his poster to some of the guys, and... Um, that, that we meet and deal with daily. And, one of the, and we start getting all these positive hits. We know where he's at, we see him. I know we've been to his campsite, he's not there, we, but we know. So I'm on the phone with his mom telling her, I believe within the next day or two, we'll have our hands on him. We've, we've you know, we're getting all these positive. And in the middle of that conversation, I look up and here's an individual walking that meets his, his this is the guy. You know, he, he's probably the length across the auditorium from us. And so I yell out to him, call him by name. And he turns around with just a shocked expression on. And I tell her, hold on a minute. And so he, I mean, I'm literally on the phone with her. Mm -hmm. And I said, this, this was just a moment God gave us. He walks to the van, just puzzled. And, you know, we've got homeless outreach on the side of it. He walks over and says, and I ask him, you know, is that, he said, yeah, that's me. And I said, well, I got your mom on the phone. To talk to <laughs> and we were able to make that connection with them. And yeah. it was just one of those moments. Um, they were able amazing. to get him in treatment, able to yeah. get him reunited with his family. I mean, it's just another win. It's just, uh, and had you not been there, God, that connection would not have yeah. happened. Again, you made yourself available. And I mean, he, he, he shared so many stories with me when we'll go check on my mom or dad and he'll say, Bill, let me tell you what, and, the, and his phone's ringing, just all constantly ringing, just people. He networks with a lot of churches, and what's cool about what they do, too, is when they go out and spot these camps, these uh, homeless camps, uh, they also coordinate and partner with VA, where they can help uh, veterans that are on the street. Uh, he partners with JPS, the uh, county hospital, so there's a medical assessment. Uh, they partner with MHMR, so there's a mental health assessment that's done as well. So uh, it, it, I'm just so proud of how God is using them. Uh, to touch lives of people that you and I drive by all the time and sometimes notice them and sometimes not. In fact, he was telling us that, you know, the tendency we all have when you pull up to a corner and there's a guy with a sign or a guy just standing there is to roll the window down right and help him if you can. But he was telling me, he said, hey, that's really one of the worst things you actually can do. Because if I remember right, John, you said probably over 80% of the people you encounter are on the street for some type of addiction. And in giving them money, you're essentially kind of supporting uh, their habit. Yeah, we, so what should people do when they encounter that if you feel compelled? I mean, you said, hey, if God's leading you, do what God tells you to do. But uh, what's a better right, option and, even? And that's what well, not better than what God tells you to do. But I'm very afraid <laughs> that. 
Don't let me get between what God's telling you. <laughs> yeah. that, that's, and, and that's what I always say. You have to do what, what you know is right at that moment. And so I'm not the catch-all absolute answer on this. I'm gonna, all this is based on my uh, yeah. experience. Um, the, you, can, you can, as simple as take a photo of them, a, a, a photo of someone at an intersection and text it to us, we'll respond to that location. Just let us know what time of day it was. We may not, probably not gonna be an immediate return, but within the next day or so, we'll get in contact with them. Um, from our website, you can download uh, the county's Pocket Pal, which we're listed on there as street outreach um, and the different opportunities. The goal is to be able to engage with them and help them make that connection to leave the street. And that's, that's our whole purpose whenever we're out there with them. The benefit that we have with the different teams, you, uh, the VA that you mentioned was an early organization we partnered with. She had, the VA had one street outreach person for the area that was a female. Mm -hmm. And whenever you're going into the campsites, it was just not a safe environment for a single female to be going. So we invited her to go with us. Now, we fast forward, um, she's got an office in our building. She stays, she'll office there two days a week and she does outreach with us two days a week. Um, the other outreach teams, we communicate weekly, meet once a month. If we need, the great thing is, if you need somebody, it, it's a text. You know, hey, I'm out here. Because when we walk in, we're kind of assessing mental health, uh, safety, and, and all this whenever we get in. Then we can reach out to that team immediately and have them come to us if need be. And, they, and it's the same for them with us they, the, as far as the communication goes. And then we're able at that campsite, any photo where you see a clipboard in the hand, we're doing a housing assessment right there on the spot to where we're able to get them in for housing. And some of the mistakes that are made that I get a phone call where I just kind of shudder is one, I've had a, a lady and hopefully she's not here, <laughs> but, um, but had a, a female tell me that she had picked up a, a couple and just brought them home with her. And mm. it was, Anyway, there's some safety issues there that we're really concerned about, and it's just another one is the being compelled to just put them into a motel. Um, under HUD guidelines, if, if, if you place someone into a motel and an individual's paying or they are self-pay, it removes their status as homelessness with HUD. So in essence, what it does is pull them right off of that housing list where they're no longer eligible for permanent housing. So I've tried to kind of incorporate that with anybody that we speak to. There is a better way to do that, and that would be to um, coordinate that through the church, through the Help Out Center. Mm -hmm. um, we work really close with Caroline and Jessica. They, they do a street outreach with us. We've got mm -hmm. them on uh, the, uh, anyway, a couple of the pictures in here. <laughs> but um, if a church or a charity is, is making that payment, um, then it does not remove their status of homelessness. And we're partnering with, Food pain, just, just like here, we're partnering with different uh, to where we can be, we can now be where God, where I talk about God using that stupidity on my part, um, we now have a tie for housing on one hand that we can be that connector piece for the faith-based on the other side to be able to make that connection with them. Yeah, that's such an incredible thing because in assessing their physical and emotional and mental uh, needs, they're also uh, addressing their spiritual needs. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're praying with these people, they're sharing Jesus with these people, and, uh, and I'm just so excited about everything God is doing in and through uh, their ministry. And as we're trying to develop as a church, 
kind of a comprehensive strategy of how do we help hurting people in this community. Uh, part of that piece needs to be the homeless and the unsheltered. And so what John's ministry does is allows us to be partnering with someone, instead of going out reinventing the wheel, we're partnering with someone that's actually doing that at a high level. And I'm excited about uh, being able to partner with them going forward. And of course, in a little while, they'll be out in the lobby just to the left. If you'll go by and get some information on their ministry, they'll be happy to answer your questions as, as well. Uh, and some of you might have questions about, hey, I encountered a situation or I know someone and they have incredible uh, resources to be able to um, share with you. Uh, one of the great things that God did was he brought them in contact with this uh, comedian, Michael Jr. Many of you know Michael, yeah, it's a great ministry. Well, he just, he just fell in love with John and Janet and what they're doing. And so he's got a new movie that's coming out. Uh, the trailer actually features uh, an interview with John on the trailer. And uh, it's, uh, it's uh, uh, going to be released pretty soon, I guess, John, right? And yeah, it's uh, October 18th. It's a one night showing. It yep. was, uh, but we were really humbled by it. He, he uh, on tour, met, you know, nationwide, mm -hmm. he tours, he's been on Leno, and um, he chose three, three folks that he said just really touched him. And so we were really just amazed to be included in that. I have no idea what to expect. We're excited about it. Um, right. But uh, that's awesome. Hoping I don't sound like Gomer Pyle or, <laughs> or uh, like Barney on there. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, our dad's awfully happy that his last son is in the ministry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And that really, guys, as we kind of wrap it up, that's really, that's ministry, right? It's helping people. And so many times in churches, John and I like to say we grew up in a pastor's home, and so many churches, you step over the person at the front door to send money to someone on the other side of the world that you'll never see. Now, we're supposed to do both, but sometimes we neglect this to do that. And I'm telling you, if, if we're not helping, you know, the Great Commission has a, a, a strategy. He said, beginning at Jerusalem, that's your front door, into Samaria, Judea, into Samaria, under the uttermost parts of the world. And what they're doing is Jerusalem ministry. And, and really, a lot of what he's doing, I was telling him, I said, you know, this homeless uh, issue has become huge in so many major metropolitan areas. You see it on the news all the time, San Francisco and these different deals. Well, they're establishing a ministry that actually can become a prototype for other major metropolitan areas in partnering with faith-based uh, ministry as well as the social uh, elements that are going on in the city to kind of merge those two together. Because fundamentally, I, I, we absolutely believe that until a person's heart changes, nothing about their world changes until you change their heart. Until Jesus can make a difference in their life, uh, nothing else changes. So the fact that they're bringing this element of faith-based into this uh, social impact is so significant. And I, I just wanted to, to tell you uh, how important that is and how proud I am of how God is using them. And again, uh, anything else you can think of, John? Um, it's just, look, at, at the time, nothing made sense on the career changes. That one of the... Yeah, she, she's housed now. Um, but looking back, it all makes sense. Every, every, one of yep. those, every one of those changes in career, we, because we use every asset of it, I mean, yeah. every facet of it. Yeah, it's funny, we'll so, be going down, of course, I'm not supposed to tell where these, all these campsites. No location. Huh? No location. No location. But he'll just be pointing out different 
places where pe and people he knows, some of them he knows them by their street name, some of them by their name. And then one guy's over by uh, the, the funeral home and that memory just up on the, well, I just told where he was. What, <laughs> wasn't supposed to do that. Didn't say which one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, at a, a location that I'm not supposed to disclose, and John just rolls down his window and he yells at him. The guy yells back at him. And, and uh, so he's got great rapport, you know, with a lot of these, these guys that are out on the street. And so uh, I, I just uh, very proud of him and it's uh, cool to see how God's using them. All right, that was great. Well, let's pray Thanks together. I wanted you to meet John and hear about that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And again, uh, as soon as we dismiss, again, if you just go just to your left, you'll see their booth table, all that information, their website. Website is hohtx.com. So be sure and visit that. Let's pray together, guys. Thank you, Lord, for the fact that you still reroute people into ministry. And I'm so grateful, Lord, that you touch my brother and his wife's heart and move them into a ministry that uh, many people wouldn't do, a uh, ministry that many churches are not involved in. And I pray, Father, you'll bless them, supply their needs. I pray you will open great opportunities for them to partner with other charities and networks and social services that are available. And Father, we're so thankful as a church that we can pull alongside ministries like this that genuinely not only help the hurting, but we lead them to Jesus. And we know that's what it's all about as a church. So Father, I pray you'll bless them. Thank you for all of those who are here today to hear about how our church is expanding into a new area to help hurting people. I pray, Lord, you'll continue to send laborers into the vineyard. You'll continue to send people who will step up and say, I want to volunteer. I want to be open to something new and different. I want to serve in our food pantry. I want to serve in the life of our church. And who knows who in this room you may reroute into an area of exciting, dynamic, life-changing ministry. And Father, for those watching or those in the room today who've never trusted you as their Savior, I pray this might be the moment when they humble their heart Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life, forgive my sin, be a reality in me, that's my prayer. And for others, Lord, who just need someone to pray for them or encourage them before they go home, I pray they'll find their way here at the front as soon as I dismiss and let one of our workers spend just a few minutes just to love on them and pray for them before they go home. Thank you, Father, for the joy of knowing Jesus and for the joy it is to make him known. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a great rest of your Labor Day weekend. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in today with us. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please contact us so we can follow up with you this week by visiting metchurch.com. We look forward to seeing you again next week.